All right, Alexander, let's talk about what is going on in the United States, in the House of Representatives. And, uh, and all of it is centered, not all of it, a lot of it is centered around uh, Ukraine, money for Ukraine. Uh, not all of it, but a lot of it is about Ukraine. But, um, you know, the, the, the general issue here is that uh, the U.S. has a lot of problems that it needs to deal with. And it's being uh, sucked into this never-ending um, black hole of, of money that is Ukraine, that no one really knows where, where this is going, where this money is going, and, and it's going to a conflict that's being lost. So you had, uh, you had the shakeup in the House. How do you see things? Well, it is extremely interesting, and it's a, 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 an object lesson because it seems to me that it's now becoming increasingly clear that the Uniparty, if I can call it that, uh, miscalculated catastrophically. Now, they were very, very keen to get funding for Ukraine. So they pro proposed this omnibus measure. And this was not, you know, just the Biden administration. It would certainly have been discussed with the McConnell, Mitch McConnell wing of the Republican Party. They knew that there was opposition in the House, from some from an increasing number of Republicans, probably one or you know probably more than a hundred by now, who are becoming increasingly dead set against more funding for Ukraine. And if we're talking about a hundred plus, that's half or perhaps more than half the Republican conference, I believe is the right word, or caucus in the House. So, you know, bear in mind, this is a substantial block of people in the Republican Party in the House. And of course, there's also now growing opposition amongst Republicans in the Senate as well. People like J.D. Vance, for example, they're starting increasingly to speak out about this. So they said, we don't want this to become a political issue in the election. So, in order to avoid that and to get this thing through and to preserve the appearance of unity on this issue, which is important both for the establishment wing of the Republican Party, the Mitch McConnell wing, and also ultimately for the administration, which doesn't want people in the election starting to talk about Ukraine. They want to present funding for Ukraine still as a bipartisan issue. So... They came up with this idea of this omnibus package, all the funding for the government, plus funding for Ukraine, not have Ukraine as a standalone thing. And what actually happened is that the Republican caucus was absolutely furious about that. They didn't like that at all. And they pushed back. And eventually what happened was that Apparently, without discussing things with the caucus, McCarthy came to a deal that we can't keep this thing together in this omnibus package. We will hive it off. <laughs> we will have it as a separate issue. There's still a majority in both houses for financial support for Ukraine. And, you know, we'll have it there, we'll, we'll have a separate bill for that. And in the meantime, we'll continue funding um, the government for another 45 days. And that turned out to be the final straw, because there was 
a group of Republicans. Only, you know, people say it's only eight. But bear in mind, they probably speak for and are prepared to do something which many more Republicans would have liked to do. They say, look, enough's enough. What this is designed to do is to ensure that um, that Ukraine continues to get its funding and at the same time the government continues to get its funding. And they rebelled. They said, we want funding cut back for the federal government. We are now seeing debt to GDP ratio in the United States grow to over 100% of GDP. This is unprecedented. This is not at all what Republicans are supposed to be about. We see the state becoming bigger. We fundamentally disagree with most of the policies that the administration is following, the economic policies that the administration is following. We're just agreeing, we're nodding through what they want, and we're going to have a package of funding for Ukraine as well, which the administration and our own leadership is manoeuvring to pass through Congress, um, despite the fact that we're adamantly opposed. And so they rebelled, and they rebelled against McCarthy, and... They brought him down because the Democrats couldn't ultimately vote for McCarthy because, well, that would be them supporting a person that the Democratic base has been told is a supporter of the devil incarnate. In other words, Donald Trump himself. And that would be difficult to explain to the base and trying to get all the Democrats to support McCarthy might have resulted in splits within the Democratic Party of the House also. So the Democrats also voted McCarthy out. And that has now opened the way. And by the way, Gates, Matt Gates played the key role here. That has now opened the way for a, a genuine contest as to who should be Speaker and there is now a, a possibility, I'm not going to put it high, that we might actually get somebody who is not part of the Uni Party as Speaker, somebody like Jim Jordan, possibly. In fact, he seems the most likely candidate at the moment. And he's inserted in place. And um, the result is that the entire political balance in the House of Representatives and in Congress itself shifts and it shifts away from the administration, away from the Mitch McConnell wing of the party, towards the more populist wing, towards the wing that is more supportive of Trump, and one which will be increasingly critical of funding for Ukraine. Remember, whoever becomes speaker now knows that they can be removed. <laughs> because this can happen again. And they also know from this point on that funding for Ukraine is a hot potato. Yes, it is. So um, McConnell freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> that explains his freak out, huh? Yeah. He's losing his, his power. Yes. The, the rhinos, the, the neocons. I mean, these essentially are neocons. They're, yes. they're losing their power in yes. Congress. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. And they are freaking out. And they're very, very angry. 
And I would say that the language of some of them. I think, by the way, that um, we, you know, we discussed Lindsey Graham's preposterous thing about giving Ukraine $60 billion. I think that might have been the last straw for some people, actually. When they hear this kind of thing, I mean, they say enough's enough. We can't have this go on any longer. And all those, you know, ads that were being pushed, pumped out by the GOP, you know, um, you know, Republicans for Ukraine. And, you know, if we stand up for Ukraine, we're standing against China. I think that probably caused um, opposition to grow um, rather than do anything else. But you're absolutely right. They're losing control of the party. The Republican Party is slipping out of their hands. And they don't like it at all, but they don't really know what to do. I personally wonder, I think it's already been discussed that um, McConnell might when his term ends, which I think is in, what, four years' time, I think he probably won't want to stand again because obviously he's, his power is slipping away and one can see that. Yeah, I don't think he's in any shape to, no. to, to run again, that's no. for sure. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that, that the United States may just, may just have found a way to... Uh, to extract itself from uh, from Project Ukraine. Yes, because in a previous video about Duda's statement about the drowning man, the, the U.S. might have found a way to avoid being dragged down by this drowning man, where Europe, they just can't do it. The, the EU, the EU can't figure it out. They're stuck. They're stuck to this drowning man, and it's pulling down the EU. The U.S. seems like they may just may just find a way out of this. Yes, I think it's a definite. No, because Biden is 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 very committed to Project Ukraine. But oh, well, um, who knows? absolutely, maybe, maybe Jim Jordan, maybe the House, whoever the the Speaker of the House is, maybe they can find an off ramp to this. Absolutely. Can I just say that is and again, save America and save America. But can I just say this is again an example of a point which we've made many times in many programs, both when we talk together and when we talk to people like um, Robert Barnes and others that. However bad the situation is in the United States, however great the power of the sinister forces behind the scene that have been causing so much trouble in the United States, the United States remains too big. The um, traditions founded on, you know, the, the, founded on, you know, what was achieved during the American Revolution, um, embedded in the Constitution and in the political system. Uh, of democratic discussion and free discussion remain just too strong for the moment to suppress all debate and discussion in entirely. So the result is that in the United States, unlike in Europe, unlike in Britain or Germany, you still have politics. You still have actual politics. And because you have politics, because that's what we've seen in Congress, where you have politics, you can actually make decisions and have a change of course. It's no longer a case of all the decisions being made behind the curtain by a small group of people who decide everything between themselves. Their policy doesn't change and we're all stuck with it and we have to continue with it forever. So that's always been... What has saved the United States? 
up to now, as we've said many times, the Republic is living dangerously, has been living dangerously these last couple of years, but it is still living. And that, and we've just seen an expression of that with these events in Congress. And possibly, just possibly, as you rightly say, it will enable the, the Republic, the United States, to find an off-ramp out of Project Ukraine. Yeah, and just to wrap up the video, uh, the problem with the European Union? Well, of course Why they do. can't do what the yeah. U.S. does? Well, because it doesn't have politics. <laughs> I mean, I mean there, is no, there is no person in the European Union, in, 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 the, in the bureaucracy at of Brussels. There is no, there is no Matt Gatz. <laughs> There's no Jim Jordans. There's no Rand Pauls. There's no one like that there. I mean, you know, the, the closest approximation they have to that are people like, uh, well, they used to have Nigel Farage, but uh, he's, he's gone. And there's Miss Daly, who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, amongst decision makers, Amongst the kind of people who matter, they're not real politicians any longer. They're, ap they're, they're apparatchiks. They're officials who get promoted because of their loyalty to the combine. So the result is that the system lacks all flexibility. All that it can do is that it continues along the same course and, of course, clamps down. That's its response. And that's the difference. That's the fundamental difference between the structures in Europe and the structures in the United States. In the United States, they're based on a constitution which had its origins in what was, despite what people say, a revolution with democratic aspirations. The European Union is not like that. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, uh, thedoran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Rockfin, Twitter, X, and Rumble. Did I say Rumble? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. We're on Rumble as well. And go to the Duran shop. Use the code thedoran20 and get 20% off all merchandise. Take care.